This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC Studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast. Brought to you by our friends at Fridge Wholesale Liquor right here in beautiful Manhattan, Kansas. Um, Tim Fitzgerald, Jack Carlson, Ryan Gills Gilbert is your trio of fun today. Gills, uh, Zach, are you filling out a Big 12 ballot? I know in the past I've said we don't do that, but I feel like we can. I've come to this conclusion. I have not been voting... I have never once in my 25 years of this company voted in a Big 12 poll because I cover one school. But after years of exposure to the stupidity of the people that are voting, I feel obligated. We should add our knowledge to the pool. Did I just black out like the intro? Like, are we? No, we're we're just talking about stuff. We're just talking about stuff. Yeah. I've just thought this is on my mind. We'll get into that. Oh, is it? Is it? See, I don't know the questions. It's that's why it feels fresh. Fitz has to answer on the spot after Gills struggles asking the question. Yes. What doesn't struggle is the folks at Fridge Wholesale Liquor. You go in there, you tell them what you need, they help you out, you leave happy. And I think uh, once you enter um, an establishment, you would really appreciate uh, a happy ending to to the visit to that place that you're inside. The fridge wholesale liquor, it'll make you happy. Wee! They paid for that, by the way. They they paid good money to have me go wee at the end. Gills, uh, I thought maybe Tanner would come along today and we could have the chaos of three dogs in the studio. One that doesn't know the other two. I just wanted to say I didn't want you to have to edit out barking every five minutes. Yeah, it would have been interesting. Tanner's not much of a barker, though. Not mine aren't either. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Zach, uh, are you still over the shell shock of uh, your round of golf yesterday? Are you, you you in deep into your own head still, or are you like... Yeah, I replay yeah. shots a lot. Yep. Missed putts, phantom balls going missing. <clears throat> Nothing worse than phantom balls. 
That's my second sex joke in three minutes of podcasting. First question from... Go ahead. Do it. Are you sure? You want to make another one? If Zach doesn't want to talk about it, we're going to move on to the serious K-State sports stuff. I will say, I only finished six shots off of a K-State men's golfer. So, hey, we were close at the end. Just kind of bottled it. I think uh, you might have uh, played a, a better finish to your round if you had taken six shots. Just right, right after a hole fourteen. Just line them up, and here you go. Wouldn't have made it home. <laughs> I take six shots. I'm never able to finish. Okay, there we go. We're in the groove today. Let's get going to your questions for Bob Ash. What the heck was that? Sorry, Daphne. That was my car keys. They fell oh. in my pocket. Let's get going with the questions for Bob Ash Station. I thought we had gunfire in here. With Ryan, that's what Daphne over. thinks. Yeah, Daphne doesn't like you anymore. Glad she ever did. She slept with me. I know. Believe me, most females that do sleep with you don't end up liking you. <laughs> From Snare Cat Three, <laughs> will Go Power Cat be recording K State players' voices as an NIL opportunity again this year? Can we make a GPC bucket of money for subscribers to pitch in for the deal? We could call it GPC Wallet. Oh, I like that. I think we will. I haven't really discussed it. Get Cooper BB some more money. Yeah, yeah get. Well, we got two returning. We got Daniel yeah, and Daniel Cooper. Green, too. And then we have to pick a third. Will? So, yeah, probably. I would guess. Or um, a certain safety that had a knee injury last year. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Which one did uh, Daphne love? Green, green. Uh, Dan- Daniel, if he wants to do it again, has got to come over because Daphne is all like, "When do I get to see him again?" <laughs> it's the funniest thing in the world. Daphne, scared of her own shadow, loved Daniel Green, just loved him. But you know her, probably will pass this time. Like, oh, you're old news. Yeah, I hope to do that. Um, it's it was fun and it was cool having their voices on our podcast during the season. But um, the new season's coming up quickly. I'm not ready for this. Media days is not far off. I know. It's crazy. What? Why? Why? Are you excited to drive with me in the car for eight hours? Um, I'm excited to not drive down with anyone. Um, yeah. But the logistics of me coming It'll back look- from vacation and then getting to Dallas... Yeah. It's a little terrifying that you're going to look down on all of us. Yes. Just fly over the top of you. Did you already make reservations for bombshells? Uh, no, we're not going to go to bombshells. Okay. Um, I, I feel like the way this company has evolved, we're not classy enough for bombshells. So, so we're going to go to the cheesecake factory. Yeah. We'll go to the cheesecake factory, uh, and, uh, probably not make it to big 12 media days. We'll be just so fat and happy, filled with cheesecake and delicious drinks. This question's we're already off the rails. Let's move on. From Powercat Ryan, should we put should we puff out our chests about K State being the most profitable Big Twelve school or upset that we didn't spend that money on something else? They are spending that money on something else. We all have said you need to pay Tang and Kleiman more money. And they're going to stow it away and have it on hand for, you know, I, I think some of it will be endowed through the Micah Hearn Fund and 
off you go. You start making that money to help pay coaches. I do agree that, you know, at 18% basically profit is large for an athletic department. I mean, your company's negative, right, Fitz? Oh, I got to This is a true story. Early in our company, I made a profit. And I got phone calls from investors. What are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? We didn't invest to have a profit. We invested to have a write-off. Like, oh, that's a whole different world than, than the one in which I live. So my investors all said, make sure you're around zero at the at the best and to spend it. So I've taken that to heart, Zach. I've taken it really to heart with last season's travel. They're going to love 2023. Yeah, they're going to love what happened on the ledger of the travel line. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't remember the question now. I'm just talking. I don't know if they should or not. I think it's fine because you'll have that money for later if you want to spend it. Right. It's not like the money just like, well, you didn't spend it. Well, you go back to zero. Well, I, you know, like a. The, the, thing, the thing that annoys me, and I just did it, it's not a profit. This is a nonprofit organization. They have reinvested that money um, into, you know, holdings, basically, so that they have it for future. And they can, you know, let the interest grow. I think the, all the things that have changed about K-State Athletics um, since the end of the WeFault era... Uh, and the one thing that we can really thank, well, there's two things. John Curry for would be his changing of the attitude and how things are built in Manhattan. There's no settling anymore. This is the best we can do. It's always the best. Um, and also the fact that he organized the finances and got so disciplined with the finances and didn't make him popular necessarily with a lot of people, but now that Gene Taylor has carried that on and it, it's amazing to see what K-State has done. I, I think the biggest thing on the, that line, though, is they didn't make come out $18 million ahead on their ledger uh, because they had a bunch of money shared by the university or the state or the students. That line's zero. And so I still find it amazing. Do I wish they'd up the, up the budget to you know 95% of what they're bringing in, uh, you know, spend that much. Yeah, I do. I mean, I think K-State should be around a $100 million athletic budget, but you also have to be realistic. And to Gene Taylor's credit, he's been very cautious in these tumultuous times with conference realignment. So I feel good about it. I agree. Thank you. That's good. That's good. Zach agrees, too. He nodded awesome. his head. And the dogs. Already talked. The dogs slept. From Kansas Power Cat 13, with the success basketball had last season, what are the odds they bring back Madness in Manhattan? Probably zero because they don't want to spend any money on it. <laughs> um, Snoop Dogg is free. He didn't charge anything. I don't think that's true. Um, yeah, we get All the money just goes in the air and flies everywhere anyway. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's his dancers that end up with all the money. Uh, maybe, yeah. I just kind of think that whole concept is passed by. I mean, it's part of the KU culture. It's kind of like Nebraska spring game football. You know, it's it's perfect for their culture, but I think people would show up here, but I, I don't know. KU does it right. K-State never really does it right. Yeah. That's, that's the issue. Make a concert out of it, and it doesn't have to be a full, you know, hour-long concert. Bring some 
cool rapper. T Pain, like they had that one year. The Dowling knows. That was just in the middle of spring, but still. You know, just. Oh, yeah, Dowling has got a lot of connections. Right. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not improbable to think you could put on a good event. It's just, does K State want to? And I don't, I don't know if they do. Yeah, I don't know. As much as we love Tang, he's kind of hard to read. Like, the whole summer camps, you know, all the stuff that he does to hang with Tang, he loves doing that stuff. But when it comes to, like, we didn't have a media day, there's certain things that he loves to do and things that he just won't do. So I would assume that some this is something that would be right up his alley. But at the same time, maybe this gets in the way of other things he has planned because his, his schedule is very meticulous. Oh, believe me, I know. It's it's hard to find a slot in that schedule, <clears throat> but um, yeah, he was just on Life of Fit, so you can hear his thoughts on a lot of stuff. But I did not ask about a madness in Manhattan. I mean, I guess if little baby steps forward and said, "You know what? I owe you a solid. I'm coming in. You do something." But has right, little baby like, done anything for K State? I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think he has. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like that's a slam dunk. Of an yeah. event that yeah. you could do, bring in little baby, have a you know do it on a football weekend or whatever. Yep, be, it's not hard. It's no. it's so easy to put on an event like this and get people excited. Maybe make some money out of it. I don't know how, but figure it out. Put it on. Have a good time. <laughs> so I, did it just, it just did it just stop because the team was bad? I think it was more 50-50 of team not necessarily being good and then just the fact that no one ever wanted to put it on, I think. It's just, what are you going to do? Oh, we'll do a little slam dunk contest that's lame. You know, there's never yeah, there's never a marquee event, you know, point to it. KU will do the concerts. They'll bring in performing artists. You know, they make it a an event that it's that you need to be at. Madison Manhattan never really was an event you needed to be at, other than that first or second year they did it back in the mid two thousands. Yeah. If you get a big time, you know, a big reason to show up like a little baby or something, this I mean Bramwood would be full. Yeah. Without a doubt. Easy. I agree. There we go. Two agrees. I agree as well. Yeah. You're going to Hollywood. I don't know what that means. Like American Idol, everybody says yes. What do you, what do you mean you don't? I don't know. I'm not what do going. you mean you don't know what that means? You were the biggest American Idol <laughs> fan I know. You still watched on ABC. Mm-hmm. This is true. <laughs> he doesn't know what that means. Wow. ABC? Huh. What? He what? watches on ABC? Yeah, it used to be on Fox, and then it left Fox mm-hmm. and went to ABC. Yeah. He's such a true American Idol fan yeah. that he changed the channel. He went to his remote wow. and said, I will change my habits for a minute out of your Idol. way to watch it. The thing that sucks is they're too nice to the kids. We need someone like Simon. <laughs> You're awful. Get off the stage. It's not Simon at all. But anyhow, some just an angry Brit that just insults the kids, shatters their dreams, damages their psyche for future generations. You just need to watch Gordon Ramsay at this point. Yeah, probably. Last question from CW Power Cat. Where does the 2022-2023 year in athletics rank all time for K-State? Well, I mean, I think the only thing that compares is... 2012-13 with the three titles 
because, I mean, it's rare for a school like Kansas State to have success in football and basketball simultaneously. A lot of that is, you know, luck. It's hard, it's hard to be good in one, let alone both, so the, the odds kind of build up against you. It's kind of like a parlay of success. What's a parlay? Huh? I don't know. I'm not going to talk huh? about it. No, I'm not going to encourage you anymore. Um, and to have such a unique situation where both coaches have ignited the, the fan base, both programs have ignited the fan base, I think the thing I like about this year being the most successful as opposed to the year when they did win baseball, basketball, and and football is that this feels like the beginning of something. That felt like a culmination of things. Sure. Colin Klein was a senior. The baseball program obviously hit the, you know, the golden golden ticket to be good all everything lined up with where they were at and and of course winning men's basketball is always so difficult with kansas in the conference and it just felt like everything lined up in that season i feel like this is the start of something remarkable i I just feel like they're going to win more titles in these sports and have more postseason success than what we're accustomed to did you say it was top five what? All time, last uh, last season. Yeah, I think it's top. You think it's the best? Yeah, top two in my lifetime, without a doubt. Well, you're only six years old. <laughs> yeah, very nice voice for a six year old. I just think, and I think it expands too because you've seen success elsewhere. Baseball's on the up. Men's golf is on the up. You know, there's other sports. You know, outside of football and basketball, I think that you can add in too. Um, that that ha- that saw success this this last year, and and then you throw in you know, I get that building a new volleyball arena isn't necessarily on field success, but it does cement the fact that K State is investing for the future, and they want to be better at volleyball, and they hire a new coach. I think that this is an exciting time, you know, elsewhere in K State sports too, as programs continue to to go on the up. Mm-hmm. If K State doesn't get upset by LaSalle and football doesn't lose to Oregon, you could make a better case for that year. But the postseason success from yeah. football and basketball this year really I mean, yeah. above 2012. Both of those postseasons, you know, granted one was just one football game, but that went south from the very start. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, with a kickoff return. And then, you know, losing again in the first round of the tournament. I, I think that tarnished the overall success of that season. At least baseball went to the cusp of getting to Omaha. They didn't quite get there, but yeah. they, they they pressured for it in Corvallis. So it's you know I, in some way baseball was the most successful of those three titles. I will say though that the late nineties, early two thousands, I feel like the success of football during that time probably carried the athletic department enough that you could argue that those were some of the best athletic seasons in history, just based on football alone. Doesn't even matter. What what, it doesn't does, matter what yeah. basketball did. Didn't matter what any other sport did. Football, in essence, kind of saved the rest of the university and, sure. and the rest of the athletics programs at, at that time. I mean, football carried well above its weight for so long that they probably deserve to be in the, you know, those top five type of years. Yeah. Okay. From the school as a whole. That's it. 
That's it for the first half. Are you done talking about this, Gilbert? You're shaking your head, which doesn't isn't an effective way of communicating on a you, podcast. Fitz. That is very adorable. And uh, we'll be back after a prolonged break uh, to sort out that comment and then come back with more of your questions from Wabash Station. This is the Pyrocat Questions podcast brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Two of the finest things to happen in Manhattan, Kansas. Yes, I just said that about us. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Power Cat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Please... Go into the fridge whenever you can, whether you're in Manhattan or visiting. Um, just look around. Don't shoplift. Don't. Don't. They, they, they'll beat you silly. They, well, I don't know if they'll beat you silly, but d- go in there and frequent their wonderful place and buy yourself something special. Get you some. Get you some. I forgot about that. That's my line. I just totally have forgotten it maybe it means it's forgettable but stop into the fridge whenever you can and this is the questions podcast everyone gets to listen but only our subscribers at gopowercat.com get to ask the questions and by the way we're having a 50 percent off sale right now if you would like to become one of those people go get that deal for your first year of gpc at the 24 7 sports network it's going to be a fun year in k-state sports and it's even more Delightful if you're part of the Go Power Cat family. More of your questions. Here's Ryan Gilbert. First question of the second half is from Ohio Power Cat. Is Bob Huggins' impact on K State basketball overrated or underrated? Will his last month at West Virginia impact his overall legacy? No. Uh, the second question, no. I don't think it will. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be really blunt here. I think we all realize that this was a possible ending to his career that his own doing would undo him. I am the only thing that shocks me is he did it right on the heels of the radio incident. So that tells me there's something greater at play here that he's just in the wrong place with his mind right now. But I do agree that he changed K-State basketball forever. And it wasn't just him. It was the fact that John Weefald and Tim Weiser stepped forward and said, enough. This this school has a strong basketball tradition. We got to get back to that because we had had institutional amnesia. It's like we forgot how great K-State basketball had been up until basically Lon Kruger departed. And Huggins came in and said it. Why settle for second when first is available? A little cliche, but it let everyone know that quit settling. Quit being happy about being in contention for the postseason as opposed to 
being a program that belongs in the NCAA tournament on an annual basis. Now, he was only here a year, but he did leave behind Frank Martin and those recruits. And, you know, and we can argue about Bruce Weber. I don't want to, but the guy won some titles, had some success, not necessarily in the NCAA tournament outside of one year, but that was a lot better than what they had before Huggins. And now we've seen Jerome Tang. So it's kind of all led up to this point. And yeah, I think the fact that K-State had the balls to hire Bob Huggins because Nobody, he was toxic. Everyone assumed Hugs was a bad human being, a horrible person. Uh, we all had that attitude about Hugs. So K State was as good for Hugs as Hugs was for K State because it let him be more human, it reinvented him, and everyone got to see him as the, you know, kind of growling, grumpy guy, but a lovable big bear. But all of us who were around him in his year in Manhattan, n- knew the level of drinking he was involved with and you know he kept it separate from his work it's not like he was drunk at practice or games but uh, it was an astonishing number of stories about his time here and i just feel like this was always going to be the end i think his legacy is probably appropriately rated for k-state because there's a certain point where i think if bob huggins stayed three or four more years and then the west virginia job opens up and he leaves would we still have the same path to where we are today from a success standpoint of K-State basketball is what we've had? And part of me wants to say no. I think it would have gone a little differently. I don't know what it would have been like. It, may, it very well could have been great. But also, you know, I wouldn't trade, you know, Bob Huggins for 10 more years versus what K-State had, too. Like, I'd much rather have what we had with Frank and even the beginning of Bruce, you know. Let's be real. He he did win the Big 12 championship, and he elevated the program, you know, at least above a certain point, you know, initially that you thought this everything's going to be all right here still. Turned out it wasn't for a little bit, but there were some highs. There were some very low lows, but they weren't as low as the Jim Woldridge and Tom Asbury no. lows. So it was still easy to see above that saying, you know, it's it's right there. You're almost there. But it didn't drop off in those off years to the point where you're like, this is absolutely horrible. Granted, it was bad at times, but it wasn't generationally bad like the 90s and 2000s were. But I don't think I'd change a thing with him leaving after a year with what K-State got because, you know, as – as bad as it felt when we heard, oh, he's leaving, he's only been here a year, it felt like a disaster for K-State. And you have a first-year head coach with the greatest basketball recruit of all time at K-State. And, and you know, if that happened today with the transfer portal era, I don't know if Michael Beasley would have been at K-State. So I'm happy with the way everything happened, and I think that – his impact on K-State is probably appropriately rated for him being here for one year. Well said. And people forget Huggins, you know, the fit at West Virginia was perfect, but he had, I'm looking right now, he had three losing seasons in Morgantown. So it's not like he's, you know, the best coach ever. Is he a Hall of Famer? Absolutely. But it wasn't always just sunshine for him. And so I think I'd, I'd rather have Huggins here for a year in Manhattan and, 
Martin and Weber did their things, and I'd rather have that for 10 years than potentially having Huggins for 10 years. I'd, I'd like what K-State did. And, of course, that was kind of the foundation. You know, the bricks were laid for the future of K-State basketball, and I think it all worked out. But, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you guys want to get into this, but did you see Huggins' daughter's yeah. post? I get it. It's maybe a little denial, but it's hard to defend. Like, Huggins is a big dude. He fits. He's probably bigger than you. He is. I've, now. <laughs> I've hugged the man. I've hugged the man. He's not only, uh, you know, thicker, uh, but he's much taller than me. He kind of dwarfs me. Uh, yeah, that uh, that whole thing was regrettable by her. Yeah, to try to normalize driving at point two one is one of the most at at his weight yeah. too. I mean, well, that that's the thing. I kind of believe her about the recycling because because if you're Bob Huggins, you do not get that drunk on beer, not with his. Tolerance and yeah. his. Also, I've never saw Bob Huggins drink a beer. I mean, I'm sure he does, but it was always Johnny Walker Blue, and in vast amounts. So, I'm um, uh, that whole thing. I, it it is nothing normal about this. As someone who's drank too much in his past, myself, uh, uh there's there's no doubt in my mind he has alcoholic tendencies. I'm not going to classify him as an alcoholic. I'm not qualified to do that. But when you find yourself driving around that intoxicated and you don't even know where you are, yeah, you got a problem. You 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 got a serious problem. And the the fact that that post didn't say we appreciate everyone's love and support we're pulling together as a family. We don't agree with everything that's been said, um, but uh, we're going to try to get through this as one. That's all I should have said. To try to normalize that everyone does it. No, no, actually they don't. They might have done it 20 years ago, but no, we don't do that anymore. It's just not normal. Just, I think this is the problem with social media and everybody feeling like they need to say something in today's Sure. Media age. You see, obviously you see something that, you know, something's happened to you. There's plenty of people commenting and weighing in on it, but you know, you don't have to say anything ever, you know, just to, you know, to defend somebody. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just to stay quiet and not say anything. So it, it's just, I feel like it's a weird time we're living in where everything needs a response if something happens yeah. to you. And, and, it really didn't, and it. I don't want to say it made it worse. I mean, perceptionally for her, it made it worse. But well, it I was, mean, it's just it. It came across to me as an enabler that makes excuses. My other thought is that um, generally, when we see this kind of behavior from someone, it, it's a clear sign of alcoholism. And when people are, this is just my hot take here, when people are saying, oh, he's not an alcoholic, they aren't discussing that person. They're discussing that person's behavior and tendencies to drink a lot compared to themselves because they don't want to think that, well, I kind of, I drink like that too. So, and I'm not an alcoholic. That's how it always reads to me. And, and generally, I think if you're looking at that behavior and says that, 
saying that that doesn't look like the signs of an alcoholic. It's about you. You don't want to admit that, oh, I, I do these same things and I probably need help too. I went deep, Gills. That was, deep wow. The, I, I've got a degree in psychology. Clearly. I don't, but I should. I was just, in her post, she tried to attack West Virginia. Was it the AD or the president? I forget who it was. I think yeah. both. both. They could have easily canned him after his radio incident, and they gave him a second chance. Yeah. And he's gotten, what, three, four chances with all of his uh, past history I, everywhere else, too. I, I don't know how any rational person can look at what happened on the radio. We all excuse that to be, you know, hugs is, you know, a different generation and the transition of our language doesn't always make it to the older folks, particularly if you're not on social media. Um, we get, we all kind of, you know, made up excuses for that, but within a month to turn around, and do this, I, I haven't come across a West Virginia fan on social media that thought he could be retained at that point. They all knew that what he did before was grounds for firing, but it's hugs and they love hugs and they understand hugs and they wanted him to get another chance to reform. And then he did this. So the problem wasn't the leadership. It was the problem was he squandered his opportunity uh, when he was given the faith that he'd do better. And he actually did worse. Thank God nobody died. Thank God he didn't hit anyone. Thank God the tire blew out before something worse happened. I've drank a lot in my past, and I can't remember once not knowing where I was. Not a single time. And I'll tell you something else I've never done. In fact, I don't even remember doing this when we did drink and drive. I've never just driven around drinking beer or anything. Just hop in my car. This is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to drive around. No. So you go and you grab beer and you recycle it. You drink and drive it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. I got, folks, I don't understand. Uh, I'm still unclear why he was in Pittsburgh. Really unclear why he didn't understand why he was in Pittsburgh. It'd be he like, be like me. Yeah, I don't don't blame him for that. Um, but it would be like me getting a DUI in in Kansas City, just driving around with Thinking my recycling. That you were in Wichita. Yeah, or like. Des Moines. I mean, just what, why would he think he was in Columbus, Ohio? I'm, I've also been told there was a long list of cities he guessed and didn't get to Pittsburgh. I'm just, that was one of those social media posts that you get it all out. You type it all up and then you hit the delete key. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's good for your mental health. Just vent, 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 vent. Delete now a short, nice little social media post just saying we're we're pulling together as a family, which is exactly what they need to do. From Kane Ed, on the on the latest Ask the AD, Gene Taylor was asked about a, a Farmageddon trophy, and he said, not anytime soon, after making sure we knew Farmageddon was a fan name, not the athletic departments. And a fan engagement Media age, needing to take advantage of all opportunities to create attention. Why are they so opposed to a trophy? 
because I don't think there's ever been a social media age trophy that's been created that was meaningful and lasted longer than a few years. The civil conflict between UConn and uh, UCF. UCF, which, hey, could come back, mm-hmm. could come back. That was, and I think actually the athletic departments or somebody, I don't know who made it up, but somebody thought it was stupid and the trophy disappeared. And then the $5 broken bits of chair trophy between Nebraska and Minnesota, the Fopolini trophy. It was stupid. Yep. And then disappeared. Like, oh, we got to bring it back. No, like it's probably in the trash somewhere. So, no, these social media era type rivalry games, it doesn't need a trophy. You got to if you're going to do a trophy, it needs to be something you stole from the other school that they you play for it to get it back, like the little jug or whatever. This isn't the Big Ten where everything needs a trophy either. How about they just take instruments from the opposing team's bands? Yeah. Randon Platner taking band instruments and taking pictures for social media is better for a from a rivalry standpoint than any trophy you could make. The stolen trombone trophy. Uh I'm with you. I'm not really big into trophy games. I'm just generally I'm not. And probably because the Governor's Cup sucks. Yes, it's the worst trophy in college football and a horrible name. Either the Wait, Governor's Cup or Sunflower Showdown both suck. What if <clears throat> it was a Dylan's grocery bag as the trophy instead? Oh, now we're talking. That's a sweet ass get. That'll look good in your trophy case. Mm. Now, on last week's edition of Deep Purple, I broke out the conference if they go to 16, and here's what I think. I do think if they end up in scheduling quads, pods, groupings, whatever you want to call it, to have an internal trophy, you know, the Big 12 West, East, I don't know, for the round-robin play that you'll do every year. But as, as a rule, look, Unless there's some real meaning to it, I I can't get behind much of this. And I think what I'm hearing Gene Taylor say is this is fan-driven, and it's cool, but it probably needs a little more time to mature into something. Farmageddon, if we're sitting here in 2033 and Farmageddon's still a big deal, there'll be a trophy by then. There'll be something. Unless... The whole world college football world expands and realigns so often that all the trophies are meaningless, and most of them have ended their time. There's not even is there a red rivalry trophy between Texas and OU? Texas and OU? Do they have the, the, act, the hat? Oh, that's right, they have the hat. See, see that's I, cool, right? And I, it's been a tradition. I can see something down the line, but I mean, we all have said let's get a combine or you know something here and it's like yeah it all feels a little forced to me how about this gills Mm. the golden hoe okay got one more in what's funny though do you remember was it last year in the ref like when they did the coin toss welcome to farm again (laughs) so knet has something here (laughs) i agree i agree i I I think Gene Taylor is one of these dudes that when he gets these questions about, you know, this or the NIL, he's literally thinking, 
this isn't my area. This I am focused on the budget, the coaches, and the programs, not this fringe stuff. I don't see Gene Taylor sitting there going, "Well, this game needs to be for Rally Day, and this should be home." I don't. Yeah, I don't see him so involved saying in that he level. wants to punch Brian Smoller when he asks him that question. Is that what you're saying? I, I don't think anyone really wants to punch Brian Smoller. He's an adorable little elf with a great voice. Why would you punch? Why? Would, why? Why would anyone punch sweet little Brian Smoller? <laughs> From Brian Smoller's going to punch me. Wade Ram wants to know. Let's talk about. The media preseason polls. We've long heard they're dominated by Oklahoma and Texas voters. Those folks still get to vote this year, I assume. What do we think that's going to look like in 2024 and beyond? I don't know, but I'm excited. I don't know how much media from, you know, Salt Lake City, Provo, from Orlando, Central Florida, Houston, and Cincinnati will actually – Will we have TV entities all voting? Will we have blogs all voting? I'm not sure what it brings to the table, but I know this. It's going to be much more diversified than what we've been seeing because what we've been seeing is kind of trash. It's just so many Texas voters. Texas is back. Remember that one year K-State got a random first place vote and everyone was like, who did this? And then the guy, he was like from Austin or some random random Texas radio station or something. He was like, yeah, it was me. Yeah, I think K-State's good. I don't think Texas is good. We're like, what? That's a bold stance in Texas. This is the greatest preseason poll ever. Agree. I, yes. See, I, I'm, we, I'm looking we forward to We talked too it. much about this in the very beginning. Well, Fitz, I you ruined I, it. But I didn't know I was ruining it. I had no idea. I, I'm sorry. I I'm think... Sorry. Oh, the ballots are due today. No wonder everyone's oh. posting them. Oh, God, I got to do an all-conference team ballot? Oh, that's a lot of work. You know me and work. I just want to pick 14. You know what you should do is, like, <laughs> we should try stuffing the ballot for just, like, some random player, like Chris Tennant or something. No disrespect to Chris Tennant. But, like, if we all voted, you know, the three of us, or the rest of the staff, if we all put in a ballot and we all voted for Chris Tennant as the kicker, do you think we could stuff it? Like, I'm curious how, like, just as like an experiment to see how many votes it takes to get somebody into a position if well, you just stuffed it. You bring up for a something valid like that. point here. Even if I followed every team in depth and there wasn't a logical, you know, some guy averaging 48 yards a punt and some guy drilling 55-yard field goals every time he tries it. How the hell would I know the best punter and place kicker in the conference? I'm not sure how I would know that. Like, do you think we could get, like, Kobe Savage on first team if we all voted? Maybe. You that's know, the, like that's, that's the, ballot you, the, the fight you needed pick is someone that's going to get some votes and then you throw in three or four more votes and get them over the top <laughs> i don't know i'm but we could collude with kellis and all the other case state media too on our little experiment just yeah just mm. we're gonna vote some random case state player on the first team love it love it i don't I'm looking at this ballot now. Tim Everson would be down. I know that. Oh, yeah. Oh. 
I think well, a lot of us. Would be I think the rivals and on three guys would be down. Let's do it. Let me to hit up Arnie. No, I, yeah, Arnie. If, if explaining what a ballot is, I, I'm. This is daunting. Someone send me all your preseason, all Big Twelve picks, and I'll put it on my ballot. Oh, hold on. You won't have this. You won't hear this until it's too late. But never mind. I'll, I'll do it myself. Gilza needs you to do about for me. Okay. Uh, you do that for basketball. That's kind of what we do. Yeah. yeah. Is that a secret? I didn't know. I was supposed to share that with no, the public people. Just, just take care of this, man. Oh, well. I've got my 14. I did the daily deliveries on them. I can just use that order. Might as well do Might it as deep well. purple. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but boy, I got to pick five defensive linemen, three linebackers, five defensive backs. This defense is going to be kick ass. They got 13 guys out there running around. They're going to absolutely smother the competition. Uh, there's still a fullback on the ballot. You know what we should do? There's still a fullback on the ballot. We should vote Khalid Duke at linebacker. Ooh. Why? That gets confusing because. I just want to see how many votes it takes. Like, how many votes are out there? What does it take to get somebody on the first team? What if I just listed K-State's depth chart? Like, I ignored every other team and just put K-State players on this entire ballot. Joni would kill you. I'd be uninvited to ever vote again. After 25 years, I break my silence and turn in a trash ballot and am uninvited from ever voting again. Last question from MC the Cat. Uh, Fitz. Mm-hmm. The question doesn't say Fitz, but I'm going to include it. Fitz, if Arizona and Colorado leave, is this actually better for the Pac-12? Less deadweight mouse to feed? No. No. I mean, I I'm the only thing that I'm fascinated by at this point is how inept the Pac-12 is, how they haven't announced anything, how many times they've said something's coming and it doesn't come. Um, how San Diego State was an SMU were going to replace USC and UCLA, and now they're like, well, if we lose Arizona, and Colorado, they'll replace them. So you're just not going to be the Pac-12 at all. Doesn't make sense to me. I would think they can be the Pac-10. They were the Pac-10. They can go back to the Pac-10, but I think... They could be the Pac-8. Yeah, that's exactly what they're they're heading towards uh, if they get more schools peeled off. I think Silent George Klavikov's plan is working. He's just stalling so long, we're all just annoyed at this point. It's just the most pathetic leadership I've ever seen from a conference. I want it over. I feel bad for the members. They've been coerced into keeping ranks, and yet here we are. They're still without anything and just a bunch of rumors. And everything that they've been told turns out to not be true. So, blah. I'll predict that there will be a surprise. If if the Big 12 adds a Pac-12 school, it'll be one that we didn't ever talk about, except me saying that it'll be Oregon or Washington. And I know everyone's written off San Diego State in the Big 12, but I don't think that's over. Because you could take Colorado, you take Arizona, and I'm talking states. You know, you just take one school from each state, obviously Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, whoever wants to jump first. Take Oregon, 
take San Diego State. You have four new states. There you go. I I had a they great had a new you, time zone. You know me and the conspiracy theories. <laughs> I had someone. No. Yeah, I had someone tweet at me something really kind of brilliant. <clears throat> You let San Diego State join the Pac-12, but after you peel off some schools and they still don't have a, a set media deal or a grant of rights in place, then you invite them to the Big 12, and they're now a P5 edition. <laughs> like, that's kind of smart. That would be funny. But I, just, I don't see how you can be Oregon or Washington right now. They're not going to sign anything. And stay in the Pac-12 and take whatever they get, hoping they might get in the Big Ten, or just go full in on the Big 12 for at least one right cycle. And then if they move to the Big Ten, why, you know, like, it just, it doesn't make sense to me that that wouldn't be their play right now. If, if, this if they true, like, I, I can't fathom a scenario where Oregon and Washington both believe that the Pac-12 will stick together and save them. I, I can't fathom that they are shooting so hard for the Big Ten. And I feel like the Big Ten's made it pretty clear that we're not taking more West Coast schools. I think the Big Ten should. If you're adding UCLA and USC, they need a couple more. And I think it's logical for Oregon and Washington to say, yeah, it should be us. But yeah. I don't think they're going to do it right now. I think Oregon has totally screwed this up. I think the additions are Washington and Stanford. Yeah. So maybe that gets back to what you guys are saying. So there's going to be a surprise. I think, I think there's absolutely going to be a surprise. I think that with all due respect to Arizona and Colorado, they could very well be left on the floor if, if they don't make a move. Mm -hmm. Because I think that if the writing's on the wall for Oregon, if it's $22.5 million a year, and we can go make almost $10 million more in the Big 12 a year, why not? Why not? It just and play in a con and because I would say that Oregon, out of all the schools in the Pac-12 now, they probably take college sports the most seriously as an athletic department and as a fan base. They fit in to the culture of college sports and how they are played in the Big Twelve. Here's what annoys me the most is if the Pac-12 comes apart and none of those. North Division schools have a home. The Oregon schools, the Washington schools, Cal and Stanford. That's their whole Northern Division. And nobody's talking about them for the Big 12. It just strikes me that why don't you add Fresno State and Boise, and you've got a really solid regional eight school conference that maybe you get money for, but they're so arrogantly hung up on academics, they won't invite a Boise. Boise's not even on their list because of academics. While in football, Boise might come in and be the best program overall at some point. This, their problem is this academic arrogance that is limiting their pool of schools to, in, to become part of their conference. San Diego State doesn't even ma match that, but they're so addicted to Southern California, they, they're willing to compromise. And SMU, what the hell is that? That, that just doesn't make sense. If you're going to do that, you invite SMU, Tulane, and Rice, and San Diego State, you're back at 12. But SMU? Not Rice. Well, Rice fits the academic crap. Tulane does too. Okay. Still, 
I can't imagine. It, it's like West Virginia all over, except it's not West Virginia. It's a school that their fans don't even care about. It's that there's no support there. There's no traction there. There's no fan engagement there. I don't get it at all. What a horrible conference the Pac-12 is. In some ways, I hope they they survive and slowly rot on the vine with you know less money and certainly less exposure. It would be fitting. There's, you can't convince me that Colorado and Arizona are the two main schools. <laughs> that are looking to go to the Big 12 right now with everything we've seen, I just, it's unfathomable to me that enough schools in the Pac-12 think they can get a Big 10 invite or the Pac-12 stays together and matches versus just joining the Big 12 at the first available moment. So if June 30th really is a deadline here, it is a Friday Holy cow. It's a Friday. So if we get to Friday afternoon and they still don't have a media rights deal, which I think is Silent George's plan, he's going to push it past the end of June when they have to give notification to join the or join the Big 12 early enough. That afternoon could be fascinating. That could be a total chaos. We don't have a deal yet. We want in the Big 12. We want in the Big 12. It could be. I don't know. And now... Arizona State got AAU status, and they think they're going to the Big Ten. They're just such, that conference is such a freaking joke. Just Hockey. add, just add, yeah, add UNLV and make me happy. Let's just let's let's make it about the party at this point. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.